Hello and welcome to H2 Orthopedics. My name is Mike Begg. I'm a certified physician assistant and certified athletic trainer. I have a doctorate degree in medical science and over 30 years of experience in sports medicine, orthopedics, and medical education. My goal is to take your orthopedic diagnosis or injury and help you make sense of it. Welcome to H2 Orthopedics. Welcome to another episode. My name is Mike, as I just said, and we are going to talk about a topic that uh, shows up in the clinic. Oh, it's not infrequent. I'm going to say uh, once or twice, maybe three times a month, at least some variation of this of this specific topic. So I thought it'd be a good one to talk about. And again, I'm going to present it more of a case scenario or case study, uh, as this seems to be kind of a topic or that uh, fits well with that and is um, a presentation mode that seems to be pretty popular at this moment uh, with all the uh, athletic trainers and PA students that are starting to uh, listen to the podcast. So uh, thanks for sending me the, the topics and I'm kind of blending a few together here, but uh, this is kind of what uh, falls under a bit of an unusual presentation or um, a kind of off the beaten path presentation of uh, shoulder pain. So a uh, 56-year-old gentleman shows up in the office uh, he comes in and this history is, you know, I'm, everything's fine. I'm a, I'm a pretty active, healthy guy. But about three months ago, I was throwing the tennis ball for my dog, you know, down at the park. We're just playing fetch, getting some, some exercise for my dog, throwing the tennis ball. And I really tried to launch it. So I kind of, you know, really kind of cocked back and twisted my body hard and, and chucked the ball and something happened to my shoulder. It was just kind of this intense burning, shooting pain in my, really from kind of above in my trap region. So the muscle above my shoulder, through my shoulder, and then down, you know, into my elbow, even down my entire arm started to hurt. And ever since that time, I've been having weakness, loss of motion, difficulty sleeping at night, difficulty using my arm. I'm right-handed. It was my right arm that this happened to, and it's just not getting better. I've tried to, you know, modify what I do, ice packs, gentle stretching, some gentle exercises, um, and it just is not getting better, actually getting worse, and it, it hurts almost all the time, and I think I tore my rotator cuff. I have a friend who went through the similar, you know, scenario. And ultimately, uh, he was diagnosed with a rotator cuff tear. My symptoms are almost identical to his. So I'm really worried about that. So that's the presentation. Healthy guy, no medical problems. Uh, when I say 56-year-old uh, with this, you know, a, a moment in time where he knew he hurt his shoulder. Um, and he presents to the office after all of his conservative measures have kind of failed him. So I evaluate him, talking to him. Uh, never had a history of a shoulder problem in the past. Um Never had really any any major orthopedic issues. And uh, so we start the physical exam, have him stand up, and, and I'm going to uh, check his range of motion as our first physical exam finding. And I ask him just to, you know, to, to keep his elbows straight, thumb, thumbs pointed towards the ceiling, and just raise your arms out in front of you as far as you can. Do both at the same time so I can compare left versus right or uh, non-involved versus involved. So he can go about 90 degrees or halfway with his involved arm, you know, 180 degrees with the other arm. So then I have him pin his elbows to his to his belt line, keep his elbows there, rotate outward, and his left goes about 80, his right goes about 60. And um, again, same position, hands pointing straight forward now. Now raise your elbows out like you're flapping wings on a, on a chicken. Um, again, left, non-involved, goes to about 90, nice and smooth. The scapula engages when it needs to, so the ball and socket will move part of the motion, and then it engages the scapula. And then on the right side, he can only go about 45, 50 degrees. And before he even gets there, he's hiking his shoulder up. 
So you can see that right shoulder kind of elevate and then he moves the shoulder as one unit. So the scapula and the, and the arm all move together as one unit. So he's kind of cheating or substituting. And usually this is a sign that there's pain involved and sometimes, you know, chronic weakness or a long-term weakness in the body because we're humans. You know, we try to get through the day in the least painful fashion. We cheat, we find ways to do that. And one way of, of altering that shoulder motion is to hike your shoulder or move your scapula before it really should in that whole range of motion. So, and then uh, rotation behind the back. So we take his hand behind his back. Again, the left can go, you know, quite a ways up the back, you know, almost to the to the bottom if you were to draw a straight line from the bottom of your shoulder blade across, he can almost reach that with his left arm, but he can barely break the belt line on his right arm. So he's super stiff. And when I ask him, what's your limiting factor? Why, why can't you go further? Why can't the right, doesn't the right side go as far as the left? He says, it's, it's really, really painful and it feels really weak. I just can't do it. So with that in mind, I'm going to check his strength. So again, back to that elbows pinned to the belt line, arms, you know, parallel to the forearms, parallel to the ground, hold that position. <clears throat> I put my hands on the outside of his fists and I push in or give him, you know, force going inwards. And I ask him just to resist my, my force. Uh, right side is definitely weaker. We grade it, you know, five out of five being normal. Uh, so he's got like a four out of five. So he has weakness with that, what I would call external rotation. I'm pushing in, but he's pushing outward or he's pushing externally. So he's four out of five on external rotation. He's a little better on internal rotation. He's trying to bring his hand towards his belly. I'll give him a four plus on that one. Bringing the elbows away from the body. Again, the chicken wing uh, position, four out of five. And then lock his elbows out straight, trying to raise his arm straight in front of him, four out of five. I have him keep his elbow locked straight, turn the palm to the sky, and my wording is pretend your elbow doesn't exist. So you have to lift your arm and I want you to push up with your hand, but you can't bend your elbow. Again, four out of five. Um, same question. What keeps this from being a five out of five? Pain. It's super painful and I just can't push any harder and it really hurts. So then when I get done with this, so it's range of motions at a deficit of strengths at a deficit because of pain. So now I, I'll ask him, Sarah, I want you to show me with one finger with your left hand, show me on your right shoulder, where does it hurt? And he really can't. Um, he points to the outside of his shoulder. He points to the front of his shoulder. And then he says, I know that was two points, but both of those are equal. And then there's a third area that kind of runs through the top of my shoulder. And he kind of takes his fingers from almost back by his spine and draws a line on the, on the top of his shoulder, you know, just a little bit towards the back, I guess, uh, and around to those areas. And he said, it really is all of that. So that, that sparks a little interest in my examination. So up to this point, his exam kind of falls along with a rotator cuff injury, like he said, maybe a long head biceps injury along with that, which are pretty common in a 56-year-old trying to chuck a, you know, a tennis ball, you know, 100 yards or whatever it was in the, on the park. Uh, it certainly could injure that, especially if he had some predisposing, you know, underlying issue there. Um, but that pain up top, that pain that comes from his, from his neck over the top of the shoulder, you know, raises a red flag. So I ask the next question. Where does that pain go? Does it just stop right at the shoulder? Does it go halfway down your arm? Does it go past your elbow, down into your hands and fingers? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Especially when I'm sleeping or when I kind of reach aggressively or something's falling and I move quickly, then I get that same pain, my shoulder pain, he calls it, down, shoots all the way down to my, to my fingers, kind of the ring finger and the small finger side of my hand. And it just burns and it's just achy. My elbow aches. And all these, you know, all these symptoms that are not really shoulder related, but more elbow, forearm, hand related, uh, start to come to the surface. 
So that, that again, raises a red flag for me. All along, I was kind of thinking this was a shoulder problem, mostly because I believe in patient intuition. And he told me that's what it was. Makes, you know, the story makes sense. So why not? But now he's given me some other, other information that takes me a little bit off that beaten path. So my next part of this exam is to check his cervical spine or his neck range of motion. So standing up, good posture, you know, shoulders down. I want you to touch your chin down to your chest. And he can do that, and it doesn't really bother him too much. So, you know, muscles are tight. Again, rotator cuff, he substitutes his motion. It's been going on for three months. His, his you know, musculature around the shoulder will be tight. So then I want him to look to the, look to the sky. So tilt his head back. Same thing, a little tight. In kind of the natural neutral position, I want you to look over your left shoulder. Look over your right shoulder. Touch your left ear to your left shoulder. Touch your right ear to your right shoulder. So all these motions of the spine, and all of those give him some muscle tightness and some general discomfort up in that neck area, but nothing that's really debilitating, not, not what he came in for. So again, are we back to a shoulder problem? Probably, um, but not convincingly. So our next step is to get some x-rays. I want to evaluate him. He's a 56-year-old guy. He could have some arthritis in the glenohumeral, the ball and socket part of his shoulder. So let's get some x-rays of that joint. And because of the above, because of that kind of red flag that popped up, I also order three views, three x-rays uh, of, his, of his cervical spine. I want to look at that, at that neck and see what's going on there. So that's our workup so far, our exam findings. Uh, x-rays come back. And his glenohumeral joint, the ball and socket part of his shoulder, uh, has just minimal, if, but I'll say no arthritis. So that looks okay. The ball is sitting appropriately on the socket, so it's not out of position, uh, which would happen if he had a chronic rotator cuff tear. That ball would go high on the socket. If he had some gross instability, maybe we would find some other findings, but nothing. It looks looks pretty good. The uh, the joint between his collarbone and what we call the acromion, which is the kind of little hook part of your shoulder blade up on top, has a little arthritis and a small little spur there, but that's what we see in 56-year-old guys who have been active, not a big deal. Um, but So nothing really showing up on x-ray for his shoulder. I look at the x-rays on his neck, and there's some arthritic change between the vertebrae. So between each of the, of the stacked bones or the vertebrae of a cervical spine, there is some evidence of arthritis, meaning that there's little bone spurs off the front of some of those vertebrae and the space between those vertebrae where the disc is, the cushion between the vertebrae is narrowed compared to what we would consider normal. And what that leads to is something called the foramen being narrowed as well or stenotic, uh, words that don't really matter here, but uh, the, the finding on the x-ray is there's a little hole between a vertebrae up on top and the vertebrae right below it. There's a little hole on both right and left sides where the actual nerves come off the, the spinal cord and go to different body parts. So around the lower part of a cervical spine, I see at least a moderate amount of arthritic change. And it starts me to think this may actually be a neck problem with shoulder symptoms. We see this a lot. We see this a lot. Like I said, three or four times, maybe a month, someone will come in, they're booked for a shoulder problem, new patient, and they have a neck issue. And I know the neck and the, the spine guys see the opposite. Patients come in and say, my neck has, a, you know, I have a problem with my neck and truly it's a, a shoulder generated problem. And without a doubt, you can have both. So we now have to kind of explain to this guy uh, what's going on. So I always want to look at the x-rays with them. I look at them first by myself, then I come back and I look at them with the patient. And I show them, that, look, your shoulder x-rays look pretty good. Uh, you, you absolutely have decreased strength and decreased motion, and I believe you have pain. Um, but your shoulder x-rays look pretty good. But look at your neck x-rays. 
And I share that information with him and show him what I saw. He had never had any uh, clue that he had some neck arthritis. So this is all, you know, enlightening to him. And the following recommendation was, I think we should get two separate MRIs. I believe that there may be a shoulder problem and I can't exclude a shoulder problem um, from what I, from the x-rays I looked at, the bony structure looks good, but I don't know about the rotator cuff and the biceps tendon or the rim of cartilage around the, the socket side, the, what we call the labrum. We should probably look at that with an MRI and check that box and make sure that is, there's no problem with your shoulder. At least we know that. Or maybe you do have a soft tissue issue with your shoulder and we should, we should know that too so we can address that. But I also think we need to get a, an MRI of your cervical spine because I believe Part of, if not all of your shoulder symptoms may be coming from one of those nerves or one or more of those nerves coming off the cervical spine and being pinched or irritated as it passes through that foraminal opening going towards the shoulder. And it can definitely give you symptoms of shoulder pathology like a rotator cuff tear, a biceps issue, or you know, other things. So sure enough, he agrees. He understands now. He's happy that we actually look further rather than just at the shoulder and uh, we send him off for an MRI. He comes back a week later. The shoulder MRI shows a partial thickness rotator cuff tear at about 30% on the on the bursal side, so the top side of the cuff, with some impingement evidence from that bone spur that we saw at the AC joint, that little, that little bone spur from that small arthritic joint up on top. His biceps was irritated, uh, but certainly not torn. Uh, so he does have some shoulder problems, but kind of on the mild side. His cervical spine shows stenotic change at the level where the uh, nerves that branch off or come off the, the uh, spinal cord itself over to the shoulder, kind of those lower levels, three different levels down there, uh, showed that the, that foraminal opening was narrowed. Uh, that disc space had, had kind of collapsed, and part of the disc was pushing into that area. And sure enough, those nerves were being irritated and kind of pinched off uh, as they tried to get through that little hole to get to the upper part of his shoulder and down into his arm. So it, we kind of reprioritized this and this now became a cervical spine problem. Uh, I referred him to the, to the next specialist and he uh, was offered and he elected to go forth with uh, some injection therapy where they did the under x-ray, you know, take him to the operating room suite and uh, under x-ray vision um, actually very carefully go into those foraminal openings and inject a little dose of uh, some numbing medication and some anti-inflammatory steroid uh, into that space and decrease some of the localized inflammation. It doesn't do anything to the, to the bone spurs. It doesn't do anything to the um, that disc that's protruding in there. It doesn't change that mechanically. Uh, but we found out that sure enough, two different levels uh, where they did those injections gave him significant relief for about six or eight weeks. Now he's on the operating room schedule to have a cervical spine uh, decompression. They're going to go in there and actually clean up those areas and do some work on that protruding disc. And I don't know exactly the, what they're going to do in the case, but they're going to address all this mechanically at the cervical spine level. Um, his shoulder actually is doing pretty well. We did a steroid injection on the day we reviewed his MRI uh, to calm down some of that localized inflammation with that partial thickness tear. Uh, and then we got him into some therapy uh, for his shoulder after the neck injections allowed him to move his shoulder. And he's doing actually quite well uh, from all those symptoms and his shoulder range of motion is improving. So uh, this is just as a great example of, you know, oftentimes patients come in and I'm a true believer in patient intuition. Someone tells me they tore their ACL, they probably tore their ACL. If they tore the rotator cuff, um, there's a pretty good chance they tore their cuff. 
not always, but, but patients are pretty smart and they know their bodies. Uh, and oftentimes they, they can kind of help us if you listen to what they say. This is a case where that really didn't come, come true. Um, he didn't know about the cervical spine connection to the shoulder and sure enough, that was the cause. So, um, overall, I think we, you know, we treated him appropriately. He was happy in the end. Obviously he wasn't, you know, super pleased to know that he had some neck arthritis and some problems up there with his discs, but he's able to get it treated and get the symptoms under control. And he's, he's definitely on the road to recovery. So that's a great example. Don't forget to, uh, to ask the questions. If red flags or just a gut feeling pops up, pursue it, make sure you, uh, make sure you understand the big picture before you dive into being confident that you know exactly what's going on. But I hope that helps. This is a great uh, example of, uh, of, of why are you telling me I have a shoulder or a neck problem when it's my shoulder that hurts kind of a scenario. So education of the patient is, is key. And uh, again, our patient is super pleased. So until next time, do your best to stay active, stay healthy, and put a smile on someone else's face. See ya. Hey, it's Mike here. I hope this episode is helping you out and answering some questions. If I'm not hitting every topic right on for you, if there's something specific that you have about your injury uh, or you want to discuss unique findings on the exam or your history, your MRI, your x-rays, whatever it might be, head to our website at h2orthopedics.com and scroll to the bottom for an opportunity to sign up for a virtual visit where we can either have a Zoom call, we can do a telephone call, whatever it might be, and we can discuss the specifics of your injury in more detail and hopefully get the answer you're looking for. Again, that's h2orthopedics.com. Scroll to the bottom for the virtual visit, and I will talk to you then.